Welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. Today we're reading from 1 Chronicles 29 from 10 to 22. Okay, just follow with me on the screen. Okay, so it says, Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. But who am I, and what is my people, that we should thus to offer willingly? For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. For we are strangers before you and sojourners, as all our fathers were. Our days on earth are like the shadow, and there is no abiding. O Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in the uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things. And now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts toward you. Grant to Solomon, my son, a whole heart that he may keep your commandments, your testimonies, and your statutes, performing all, that he may build the palace for which I have made provision. Then David said to all the assembly, Bless the Lord your God. And the assembly blessed the Lord and the God of their fathers and bowed their heads and paid homage to homage? Homage. Homage. <laughs> to the, I, I asked Dave this morning how to say that. Anyway, <laughs> um, to the Lord and to the king. And they offered sacrifices to the Lord, and on the next day offered burnt offerings to the Lord, a thousand bulls, a thousand rams, and a thousand lambs, with their drink offerings and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. And they ate and drank before the Lord on that day with great gladness. Homage, 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 I don't know. Whatever, whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, yeah, my name is Daniel. I'm one of the leaders here at, at Trinity Life. And uh, Mike's on vacation, probably on a boat with hair going through his hair, or air going through his hair. Um, air going through his hair. Hamaji, Hamaji, I know. You messed me up. Um, and today I'll be preaching on um, stewardship, right? So we're in this series called The Practice of Presence. And if you hear me coughing or hacking or stuff like that, I have like a really bad dry cough. And so, Dave, you might have to burn this mic after wherever you are. Um, so the definition that, that's going to run us through the whole sermon is this. 
managing and utilizing all the resources God has given you to show the goodness of God. So managing, having authority over, uh, utilizing, so making effective use of all the resources God has given you to show the goodness of God and to give God glory. And often when we think of stewardship, we think about giving material wealth or giving finances or whatever, whatever else you want to throw in there. But stewardship in the Bible is primarily about giving worship to God. It's about practicing the presence of being with Jesus, enjoying Jesus, and savoring Jesus. It's about looking at the gospel and seeing how high and wide and long and deep the love of Christ is for you. It's about seeing how far God came to sacrifice his life for you so that now you can be a living sacrifice for him. Yes, stewardship is about managing and utilizing your material wealth or your finances or your home or your relationships, but it's first and foremost about giving your whole life to God. So this week I've been meditating on Psalm 27.4, and this is what it says. One thing I ask from you, Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Are you guys gazing on the beauty of the Lord this morning? Are you seeking him wholeheartedly? The reason why most of us are not good stewards of what God has given us is because we haven't built a strong foundation of stewarding our hearts. And so my prayer today is that we would enter the temple of God and gaze at how beautiful and faithful God is today. Because his word will not return void. So this is our bottom line for today. Stewardship is not just about giving your finances, relationships, or material wealth. It's primarily about giving yourself. So it's not not about giving your finances, relationships, or material wealth. It's primarily about giving yourself. And so our passage starts in verse 10 to 22, but to give some context, I'm going to give you guys some information about the verses before that. And so King David announces that King Solomon, will, or King Solomon would be king over Israel soon. And they're in the process of building this great temple for the Lord. And he says right in the beginning, uh, verses, uh, right in the beginning of uh, chapter 29, this temple is not for the glory and fame of people, but is for the glory and fame of the Lord. And all the people gathered about, all the people gathered 5,000 tons of gold, silver, bronze, wood, and other materials to help build this temple. And so David, with all the resources that God has given him, is stewarding those resources to bring God glory and God fame. And then this moves us to verse 10, where our passage starts out out by saying, or David is out of thanksgiving, is praising God for the gifts that he's been given. So David says this, Bless the Lord in, all the pre- in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. 
Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. David in this passage first starts off by praising God. And look at the language that he uses. Your kingdom is forever and ever. Yours is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. The posture of his heart is thanksgiving. It's reverence, it's awe, it's wonder, it's worship. The Bible says at least twice that David was a man after God's own heart. And to be a person after God's own heart is someone who practices the presence of being with God. And what does that look like? It means worshiping God in prayer and seeing him as healer. It means worshiping God in scripture and seeing him as redeemer. It means worshiping God as you look at a sunset and seeing him as creator. It means worshiping God with all the, with the, all the body of Christ and seeing him as savior and having your heart melted into reverence all wonder and joy. For you this morning, are you a person after God's own heart? The language David uses here is a direct reflection of how deep and close his relationship is with the Lord. He was a man who constantly practiced the presence of God every day. But unfortunately, we have reduced our worship to a Western sort of standard of a one quiet time a day, maybe 10 minutes, maybe five minutes. But when we look at scripture, it says pray without ceasing. It says meditate on his word day and night. It says gaze on the beauty of the Lord all the days of your life. Jesus is the bread of life. But sometimes we're satisfied with just the crumbs. Jesus is the living fountain of water. But sometimes we're okay with little sips. We can steward our finances, and we can steward our material wealth, and we can steward our relationships for God's name, but what God really wants is you. King David, in a worldly sense, had everything. He had power, he had success, he had status. Alice Walton, founder of Walmart, her estimated net worth is $40 billion. Mark Zuckerberg, founder of Facebook, $60 billion. Bill Gates, who founded Microsoft, $100 billion. Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon, $150 billion. King David, $2.2 trillion was his net worth. And although David had all of this, he was, a man, he was a man after God's own heart. His number one priority in his life was to enjoy God in his temple and to see the beauty of it. And David was never defined by his material wealth, but rather he was defined by his whole life of worship. Then David says in verse 12, Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. <clears throat> David here is acknowledging in humility that everything he has a gift, everything that he has is a gift from God, 
Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. Nothing will kill your faithfulness in being a good steward of what God has given you than pride. You see, prideful people say, everything I have, I have earned by my strength, by my might. But humble people say, everything I have is a gift from God. Your job, your spouse, your parents, the university that you're studying at. I mean, think about the gospel for a moment. We sinned against a holy and just God and deserve death and condemnation. Yet God, being rich in mercy and grace, blesses us. And we didn't choose our parents. We didn't choose our race. We didn't choose the time or era that we were supposed to be born in. And the only reason why we're in Canada, in Trinity Life, here today, in Toronto, living at this time, at this job, at this school, is because God wants us to steward it for his name and his glory. And so King David said, everything comes from you and your rule. And then he says, everything that comes from you, you are making great. You are giving strength to. (coughs) In other words, David is talking about God's sovereignty. And David has to worry about managing a whole kingdom. He has to worry about an enemy invading his land. He has to worry about people trying to dethrone him. Yet he is comforted and at peace knowing that God is in control and is working everything out for his good. For you guys today, what are you struggling with? And are you struggling with bitterness towards somebody? Are you struggling with a habitual sin? Are you struggling with a lack of joy? And have you been in a season of dryness for a long time? Is there something in your past that is preventing you from being what God wants you to be right now? And often the reason why we struggle so much with brokenness and hardships and suffering is because we've forgotten who God is. The enemy loves to get us to focus on our problem instead of focusing on our provider. God is our savior, he's our redeemer, he's faithful, and he is sovereign over every single aspect of your lives, and he's working everything out for your good and his glory. So trust in him. Be full of faith. That's what it means to be faithful, right? To be full of faith. Then David says in verse 14, but who am I and what is my people? that we should, be able to off, we should be able thus to offer willingly. For all things come from you, and of you, of your own, we have given you. So the ESV sometimes can sound Shakespearean, I guess, and a little awkward to read. And so I, I pulled up the NLT version, which says this. But who am I, and who are my people, that we could give anything to you? Everything we have comes from you. And we give only what you gave first to us. And David is humbling himself and is basically saying, God, we would have nothing without your provision. Even building this temple and all the gold and all the silver and all the bronze was yours to begin with. So we are just giving back in thanksgiving and gratitude what you first gave us. 
mean, the act of being able to give is a gift from the Lord in itself. Because everything in our sinful hearts wants to have our kingdom come and our will be done. In our selfishness, we want to hold on to things. We want to spend for our own name. But it's only by the power of the Spirit that we can give and give generously. And King David and his people gave 5,000 tons of gold, silver, bronze, and wood. And if we can start with acknowledging that everything is a gift from God, we would give just as freely, often, and and joyfully. (coughs) Uh, A few few years ago, I wanted to uh, learn how to play the guitar. And so I went to this place called Cosmos in Richmond Hill. It's this huge, beautiful uh, place. They sell tons of instruments there. So that day, I didn't want to get impulse into buying a guitar, so I brought no money on me. And I looked at a bunch of guitars, and I saw, okay, there's like some guitars that were like 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. I walked the other way, and I saw other guitars that were like 200, 300. And so I, I found one, this Yamaha guitar that was about 500 bucks. Um, and I was like, okay, I was sitting there for a moment. I was looking at it, strumming the, the strings, and I said, okay, this is the guitar that I'm going to buy. I'm going to come back here tomorrow for my $500. I'm going to buy this guitar. And so next day, I drive back up there. It takes me about 15, 20 minutes, and I have the money in my hands, and I'm looking at the guitar. And, and for some reason, I stop, and the Spirit starts convicting me. And because there's a part that wanted to spend that money to steward it unwisely because I owed student debt, I owed other debts for other things, and I just felt the Spirit saying, like, this is not the time. And I was like, ah, okay, you sure? He was like, yeah, this isn't the time. And I was like, ah, okay. I trusted God that he'd be faithful. And so I walked out of there a little frustrated, a little disappointed, but at the end of the day, I said, okay, God, you know, you're you're Jehovah Jireh, right? That means, God, you're a provider. So I trust your word. And so... Two weeks later, uh, this was when I was working at my old church. It's a mega church. There's four or 5,000 people. And I'm walking through, and there's hundreds of people coming through. And I I see an old friend. I haven't talked to this person for, I don't know, maybe like a year or two years. We used to do ministry together. And I say, hey, what's up? And we're talking, and we're just, we're catching up, asking him how his kids are. And he says, hey, um, you still play the guitar? And I was like... Yeah, I mean, I was, I was at the store about two weeks ago, and I was going to buy this Yamaha guitar, and I just walked out of there because it just it wasn't the right timing. And he's like, hey, well, I have one guitar left. And the context behind this person is they used to sell guitars, like high-end guitars, really expensive ones. And so he's like, I have one left, and I'll give it to you. And so I'm like, oh, cool, like, like how much? Like, how much will it cost me? Right? I don't know if I can afford this, right? He's like, no, 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 like, I'll give it to you for free. And he's like, yeah, this is the last one I had left. It's, uh, it's an Ayers guitar. It's, and he's like, this guitar costs $2,000. The, the wood is made from like Hawaii or something crazy like that. And yeah, and I was like, I was so overwhelmed. Um, and why was he willing to give something like that so expensive and so like freely and, and joyously? It's because for him, my friend Michael... This was an overflow of thanksgiving and acknowledgement that everything that he has is a gift. And so he was able to be released into giving like that. 
And I know for some of us, it's, it's hard to do because we want to hold on and we want to build something for ourselves. But man, God is faithful. And if we obey, if we hear, if we trust, and if we obey, and God's word will not return void. All right, let's, let's move on to verse 15. For we are strangers before you and sojourners, as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no abiding. So David is showing us the finiteness of human life. He says that we are like a shadow, only here for a moment, and then gone in the next. He even says in Psalm 103, For he knows we are dust, and that our days are few and brief like grass like the, and like the flowers, blown by the wind and gone forever. I think about the average lifespan, 70, 80 years old now, and we might think that's, that's long, right? But compared to eternity, it's such a short time. It's like a blink of an eye. I want to share this illustration with you guys. Uh, someone shared this with me, I think, last year. Um, there's somebody named Jordan Peterson. Um, not saying I endorse him, but he's a famous sort of public figure who's a clinical psychologist and a professor at the University of Toronto. And he gave this test here. He says he's a Christian, but he doesn't really believe in the resurrection, so I don't know, right? Um, but he says this. He, he shared this crazy sort of prophetic dream that he had. That he had. And he says this, that he was at an old cathedral cemetery filled with all the greatest kings and conquerors of history. So think of King Tut, King Pharaoh, King Caesar, and so on. And Jordan says, all of a sudden, all the kings rose out of their graves, and they started fighting with each other for power and for rule. Then he says, Jesus appears out of nowhere, and all of these earthly kings stop fighting and bow down to him. Every earthly kingdom will come and go. Every earthly ruler will only rule for a short time and be forgotten. But the kingdom of Jesus will rule for all eternity. His name will be the name lifted above all names. And he is the Alpha and the Omega and the king above every other king. And for us here, and I ask myself this question, are we living our lives to make the name of Jesus great? And are we stewarding our gifts and the life that God has given us to usher in his kingdom. But we were created by God for the worship of God and to steward our lives and our finances and our relationships and our whole lives to usher in the kingdom for his name and his glory. I mean, build your life on career and it will leave you empty. Build your life on romance and it will disappoint. Build your life on material wealth it will leave you wanting more. But build your life on the rock, solid foundation of Jesus Christ, and you will find purpose and meaning that will last from now until all eternity. One way Trinity Life has been living on mission for Jesus is every single week, you might have seen it in the announcements, we've been, uh, our, a lot of our small group, or all of our small group leaders have 
uh, put together these events every single Wednesday in St. Jamestown. This is a community that has about 30,000 people living in there. And <coughs> I just wanted to share some pictures and some testimonies uh, that some of our BLGs have shared with each other. And so here's Adam and Michelle's BLG. This is what they said. Hey, guys, what a big hit tonight. I think personally we interacted with 20-ish 20, 20 adults and 35 kids from the neighborhood not including what everyone else did. Such an amazing opportunity to live on mission and share the love of Jesus. So we got some pictures there. We got a watermelon eating contest and some other people doing stuff. <laughs> There's me. My face is like completely like blurred out. And of course, Ryan is leaning on me. <laughs> uh, always, uh, Joyce Lynn and Isaiah's BLG. Yesterday was so fun. We served around 100 cups of bubble tea. We estimated 80 or so people came in, in and out at some point. We had a blast singing karaoke together. And some people just came in for bubble tea and left right after, but lots stuck around and gave us the opportunity to connect with them. I think you guys ran out of bubble tea, right? Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's them hearing, uh, singing karaoke. We're going to show a video of Joycelyn singing. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm just joking right now. She's like, don't you. All right, and this is our BLG. Um, hey, guys, yesterday at TLCS St. James, Jamestown went really well. We interacted with a lot of people, and we just got to show them the love of Jesus. There's Shang. He's shaving ice there for some of the kids. And then we got Cornhole uh, there that some of the kids are playing. There's only two pictures, right? Okay, all right. And so these are just small glimpses of the many stories and testimonies of, of Trinity life and us living on mission. That why are we stewarding our time, our energy, and resources like, resources like this? Because putting together these events every single week, it takes a lot of time and a lot of energy. The reason why we do it is because we love Jesus. And Jesus is worth it. There's nothing more valuable and eternally lasting than sharing the love of Jesus with people so that they can tangibly taste and see the gospel. <coughs> then David says in verse 16, O Lord our God, all of this abundance we have provided for, for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. So David here is just reiterating that everything we have is a gift from God. It's supposed to be stewarded, managed, and utilized wisely for the glory of God. Then he says in verse 17, I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things. And now I have seen your people. They are present here, offering freely and joyously to you. I mean, David says the true test of someone's heart is that they are stewarding what God has given them freely and joyously. I mean, a lot of the human heart doesn't want to give freely and joyously. We'd rather hold on to, build a name for ourselves, or even when we give, sometimes it can be selfish. But if you have trouble serving or giving or stewarding your life for Jesus, this is only a symptom of something deeper going on in the heart. For myself, money was a huge idol. Growing up, I witnessed my parents um, 
fighting over money, arguing over money late into the night. Uh, our family declared bankruptcy twice. They worked like dead-end jobs, two, three jobs every single day for years and years and years. And so in my mind, it was embedded that if you don't want this life, you need to have money. Like this will be your cure. This will be your foundation. This will be your security. And so for myself, I, a lot of you guys know, uh, you guys heard me share this. I, I joined the dark side, right? I joined a gang. I sold drugs, cars, counterfeit money, all that stuff. And I made thousands of dollars. And it was easy money. And so when I radically got saved, giving money to the church or missionaries or to serve people for Jesus was very, very, very hard. The first few years, I barely stewarded any money for the kingdom. I held on to most of it because I had this idol in my heart telling me that if I prioritize money over the promises and faithfulness of God, that I would be secure and happy. And I was storing up in, into earthly barns that would one day not be here. And I realized that I would have to stand before Jesus one day and give an account of why I didn't give for his name and for his glory. And for many of us here, we're holding on to something. I don't know what it is. It could be money. It could be time. It could be a relationship that's maybe not healthy for you. It could be the gifts and passions that God has given you. I just encourage you guys to spend time with the Lord. Practice the presence of confession. Not in condemnation, not in judgment, but receiving what the Lord has for you in joy and gratitude. That he's going to break up what's in your heart. He's going to smash these idols that are here. And he's going to release you into something better. Then David says in verse 18, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts toward you. Grant Solomon, my son, a whole heart that he may keep your commands, your testimonies, and your statutes, performing all, and that he may build the palace for which I have made provisions. And so without the Holy Spirit, we won't be good stewards of what God has given us. David's prayer is that God in his faithfulness will give us the wisdom, will give us the strength and the power to give freely and joyously. I mean, there is a real wrestling with your flesh and your new life in Jesus. But God promises through the process of sanctification, making you more like Jesus, setting you apart from the world, that the Spirit of God will direct your heart towards God and help you keep his commands. A large part of being in step with the Spirit is practicing the presence of your spiritual disciplines. Listen to uh, David's heart and the way that he speaks about God in Psalm 63, 1-4. Oh God, you are my God. And earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And so I've looked upon your sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you, and so I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. 
Just like all these fruit flies here. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that now. It's going to be a line here. If we aren't earnestly seeking, and if we aren't earnestly beholding, and if we aren't filling our thirst and hunger with the beauty and goodness of Jesus, we will never be the, good, we will never be the stewards God wants us to be. Let me close with this. David says in verse 20 to 22. Then David said to all the assembly, Bless the Lord your God. And all the assembly, Bless the Lord, the God of their fathers, and, and bowed their heads and paid homage to the Lord and to the king. And they offered sacrifices to the Lord. And on the next day offered burnt offerings to the Lord. A thousand bulls, a thousand rams, and a thousand lambs with their drink offerings and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. And they ate and drank before the Lord in that day with great gladness. The Old Testament is a foreshadow of Jesus. right? All the sacrifices, all the um, offerings, it points to Jesus. right? At the end of this passage, David says, the people, offer, the people of God offered sacrifices to the Lord. But in the gospel, God became the sacrifice for us. David says they sacrificed lambs. But Jesus on the cross became the ultimate lamb who died for our sins. David said they celebrated with great gladness. But at the cross, darkness and agony came over Jesus. Jesus, who was in heaven, and had all the power and all the glory and all the honor, stewarded his life to the point of abandonment by friends, torture, humili- <coughs> and death even on a cross. And why would he do that? So that when we look at him, you would say if Jesus would steward his life for us, we would in return be able to steward our lives for him. Let's pray. (coughs) Jesus, thank you that your word does not return void, um, that you are faithful, that you are good, and that you've given us through the power of your spirit strength and wisdom and the right heart to be able to steward what you have given us And God, there are things in our heart that we're holding on to right now. There's something in our hearts that we are not giving up. And so my prayer is that as we look at Jesus on the cross, who stewarded his life for us, we would gaze at his beauty and we would surrender whatever is sitting there. And we would live our lives for the mission and love of Jesus. Amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.